Good morning. Hope all of you are doing well. If you're watching this in the afternoon, good afternoon. If you're watching in the evening, good evening. I want to thank you for tuning in. I have uh, some things on my heart I wanted to share this morning as we are getting a lot of letters and emails from people around the world that are very concerned, very fearful of a lot of the things that are going on in our world. And so let's uh, start this by praying and inviting the Holy Spirit right now to be in this time as we uh, discuss these very important issues. So, uh, Father, in the name of Jesus and by the power of your Holy Spirit, we just invite you right now to be a part of this conversation, Lord God. As many are concerned, many are grieved, many are angry with a righteous anger. Uh, there's a lot of different feelings right now, a lot of concerns, a lot of fear. And so we just pray, Lord, that you would just speak this morning, that your Holy Spirit would come. We thank you for these words, Lord God. We thank you for this discussion. We pray it be anointed. Be anointed by the power of your Holy Spirit, Father God, that this would be an anointed discussion. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Just invite his presence right now, wherever you are. Thank you, Lord. We invite your glory. We invite your presence. Thank you, Father God. You alone are worthy. You alone are worthy of all praise. You alone are worthy of all glory. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Well, good morning. Um, First and foremost, I just want to say that we're continuing to pray for those that are in Louisiana, that are in uh, Mississippi, that are in all the areas that are affected by Hurricane Ida. Uh, we know many are still without power today. Many are dealing with a lot of uh, serious concerns in that area of the country. And so we just want you to know that we're praying for you today. And uh, if you need anything, don't hesitate to reach out, todd.coconado at rlcus.org. And we'd be happy to pray for you in this community and see how we can assist you in any way. So uh, just know that we're praying for you. We also want to mention uh, those that have just withdrawn from Afghanistan, the troops, soldiers. We're going to have a soldier on the call today, later in the day, on the broadcast, on the podcast. So we'll discuss that a little bit more. Um, but right now, I want to talk about something. So the Lord gave me a word a few days ago, and I want to read it. And then I want to discuss it. And then I also uh, was on a phone call with a precious remnant warrior named Trina yesterday. And she had a similar word. We're probably going to release some of that word a little bit later because it's very, very similar to this word. Um, but I want, to, I want to speak about this word right now because I think we need to kind of go back and hear what the Lord is saying here. As many people are discouraged, we're finding many, many people are discouraged today. And I want to give you some hope. And we want to see what the Word of God says here. Um, so let me just read it. So it says, I believe we're at a very important crossroads as a nation. And by the way, this is every nation. It's really more uh, about the world. But uh, we're speaking about the United States in this particular word. Uh, things could go one way or the other. This is why we are praying and believing God will respond to our prayers. And the Psalm 64 decree fast. Some things only through prayer and fasting. That's what the Word of God says. It's so sad to watch uh, this administration's failed leadership. We warned everyone. We also know what happened. We all do. I believe this is a spiritual battle for the very soul of this nation and our future. It's imperative that the church understands that God is waiting for us. We must rise up and lead. We must be the head and not the tail. We must repent and turn from the idols of this world and from unrighteousness. We must take back the territory. We can never go back to apathy again. We can never go back to complacency again. If we truly grasp and understand what 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, 
and put that into action, we will see a powerful move of God, unlike anything we have seen in this generation. But if we fail to do so and instead continue as business as usual, I think we could go into deeper darkness and even, even into captivity. So let's be on fire for God. Let's press in and believe God for a move of his Holy Spirit. Let's believe for a great victory. Let's believe for massive harvest of souls. I really believe this is where we're at. Will we be a Nineveh and repent? Or will we be like the children of Israel when they went into captivity under the Babylonians? Remember, that was 70 years. I still have great hope um, to see something powerful happen. We cannot grow weary in doing good. We cannot give up. We must spend time in the secret place. Um, we must feed our soul, recharge, stand, be bold. We must hold the line and call upon the name of the Lord. We must pray this through. Jesus is the answer for America. I'm believing for full restoration and for a powerful move of God and revival. Let it be so in Jesus' name. It's go time, lions and generals, remnant warriors. Now, that being said, I do believe we're at a very crucial and critical crossroads right now. Um, I believe that we can go either direction. I know that the prophets have spoke and there's been some very encouraging words about what could happen. Um, we are not negating the prophets. We're not negating the word of the Lord. Uh, we believe the word of the Lord for the remnant is complete victory. Uh, but we see we're at a critical crossroads, and I believe the Lord is a good father. The Lord is a good father. So let's think about a good father. You know, I have kids. I have a daughter. Um, you know, let, let's think about this, right? Uh, you know, if my daughter was misbehaving, would I want to reward her? And then, and, then, and then reward that behavior. No, I would wait until my daughter understands that she's misbehaving. And then when she repents, then I would want to reward her uh, because I wouldn't want to give her mixed signals. Um, there's a man named Andrew Brunson. Do you remember him? Pastor Andrew Brunson. He was held captive in Turkey. I had him on the show. Uh, we've had him on a couple of prayer calls. He's a man of God, a man of integrity. We'll probably have him back on soon. One of the things that Andrew Brunson said to me, which really stuck to me because he's been in a Turkish prison, prison for his faith. And he said to me, we're not ready in America. We're not ready. The church in America is not ready. We're not ready for persecution. We're not ready for the tribulation. We're not ready for what's to come. So thinking about that in terms of a good father that wants to see his church prepared and ready, that comes back for a church without spot nor wrinkle. We're in a shaking. We're in a season of refinement. And the Lord is giving us this grace. So let's look at it. what happened here. Um, what happened is we had a, a season of reprieve. Sorry, I'm getting a lot of text messages as I speak right now. Uh, we, we had a season of reprieve under Donald Trump. It was a season of grace. It was a season where the Lord allowed us to see grace. He responded to the prayers of the righteous and the remnant in America. He gave us a season of reprieve. And then all of a sudden... That was stripped away, and now we're in a very egregious, very concerning time period where many people are even saying, maybe we're even in the tribulation. I don't believe that yet. I believe it's the birth pangs, but I believe we're going to see a great harvest, but this is a very important moment of decision. So for the prophets, let's address that. You know, I go back to 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways... Then I will hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sin, I'll heal their land. Now, here's the thing. Many people want prophets to just give an encouraging word. 
a, a, very, a very positive word. So many people embrace the prophecy about President Trump having a second term. Many people embrace the, the, the good words of the prophet. But what I believe, though, is, is a lot of times, and this is biblical, a lot of times there'll be a prophet that speaks a prophetic word of God's perfect will. Right here, 2 Chronicles 7.14, that's God's perfect will. If my people, if my people that are called by my name, and I believe the prophecies about President Trump and, and about the, uh, the continuation of the reprieve and about good things and all that, that's God's perfect will. And maybe it's not even manifest in President Trump, maybe it's somebody else, but what we're, what we're seeing is, is that we've taken a dark turn here globally. And I know that those that are watching in Australia, those that are watching in New Zealand, those that are watching in Canada, those that are watching in Israel, all around the world, UK, France, Germany, you understand what I'm saying. It's taken a dark term. It's almost Orwellian. It's, it's, it's overwhelming. And so people are saying, what happened to the words of the prophets? What happened? To, well, it's an if my people moment. It's an if my people moment. The Lord is in his infinite mercy and grace giving us a chance to understand where we are. We haven't yet seen the worst, okay? It could get much, much worse. As bad as you think it is right now, this is persecution light, okay? Most Western nations have not seen real persecution yet to the level of what they're seeing in Afghanistan, what they're seeing in China, what they're seeing in North Korea, what they're seeing in many places around the world. The Western countries have not yet seen that level of persecution. And to Andrew Brunson, Pastor Andrew Brunson's point, American Christians, Western Christians, we're really not ready for persecution. We're not prepared. So what do we need to do to prepare? So if, if, if the father is good, which he's a good father, we sing about it, right? He's a good father. What is he going to do? He's going to give us a season to understand, to learn, to go deeper. So the prophets, I'm not saying the prophets are wrong. And I know there's some false prophets out there. And I know there's some fakers out there, but I do know some very legit prophets that gave some very powerful words that have not yet come to pass. And people are saying, are they false? No, I believe what's happening is the, this is an if my people moment. It's an if. It can go that way. We can see a continuation of the reprieve. We can see a, a great period of souls and, and harvest. And I believe we're going to see that either way. Because I believe that even if things get substantially worse, we're still going to see a great harvest of souls. So what the saints need to do is, first of all, we need to separate ourselves from the headlines. We need to separate ourselves because we're in this world, but we're not of it. We need to spend time in the secret place building our, our strength, going deeper in the Lord, coming under the anointing because it's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. And clearly we have bondage, so we have to come under the anointing. We cannot do it on our own strength. We will grow weary in doing good if we do not put on the full armor of God. And I'm going to do a teaching this Sunday on the armor of God, not spiritual warfare, because there's a lacking of understanding of spiritual warfare and the armor of God. But I want to clarify this because I think people have it misunderstood about prophecy, because unfortunately in America and in many Western countries and many places around the world, we've, we've got into this culture of prophecy on demand and wanting a good word. You know, we, we came to the, uh, you know, it, it's like a cultural thing where, Everybody wants a good word. They want, oh, do you have a word for me? And then they're expecting some positive, encouraging exhortation. And that's fine. The body of Christ is meant to have exhortation and encouragement. But let me explain. Words of the prophets are not always good. And they're not, they're, sometimes they're the perfect will of God in an intention, in an intention of the Lord, if there's, there's strings attached. 
if my people, if my people who are called by my name. So, you know, this was the perfect will of the Lord. But in this particular situation, it didn't happen. It didn't happen because unfortunately, and I'm going to go down again to 19. It says, but if you turn away and forsake my statutes and my commandments, which I have set before you and shall go to serve other gods and worship them, then I will pluck them from thy roots out of thy land, which I have given them and the house, which I have sanctified for my name. I will cast out of my sight and I will make it a proverb and a byword among, among the nations. So, so this is the thing, ladies and gentlemen, this is that the prophetic words of, of, of this, the real prophets that they've given, and I'm not saying everyone is real, but there are some real prophets out there that have given some real words. Not every one of these words will come to pass if the people of God do not do their part. Are you here? Are you here? Because I know not everybody wants to hear this word, but this is an if my people moment. It's an if moment. It's an if moment. It's not assured. It's not for sure yet. Because this is a defining moment. Now let's go back to the word of the Lord here. It says, I believe we're at an important crossroads as a nation. Things could go one way or the other. Exactly. Exactly. They could go. We're looking at the headlines and I could lay out about 50 egregious things right now that'll make every Christian very, very grieved in their spirit because we're, we're trying to figure this out. This is persecution light. This is a taste of what the American church and the Western church could see if we don't turn back to Jesus Christ. Now, where are the preachers that are preaching this? Because Jesus is the answer. It's not a politician. I love President Trump. I love some of these other people in the movement. I don't always agree with everything that he says. I will tell you that right up front. But, but for the most part, I think he was a good leader. I'm very concerned about the leadership of the United States right now, despite the fact of how they have gotten to this place, which we all know. Uh, it is what it is. That there's people out there right now on, online, on the internet, that are giving you hopium. They're, they're telling you everything's going to be okay, but, but there's strings attached, and they're not giving you the strings that are attached. And I'm sorry, I have an obligation. I'm not even going to apologize. I have an obli obligation as a pastor and an oath that I've taken, an oath that I've taken to the Lord, not to man, to the Lord, to preach and speak the truth no matter what. It's not about being popular. It's about preaching and teaching the word of God. How do we get to where we want to go? We want to get somewhere. The body of Christ wants to get somewhere. We want to see full restoration. We want to see fire. We want to see a move of the Holy Spirit. We want to see America restored. Turn back to our first love, Jesus Christ. But the problem is the people on the internet that are giving you the hopium and, and the Q people and all these other people, God bless them. They're patriots. I'm not, I'm not mocking them. But the, the problem is they're not telling you how to get there. They're not telling you how to get there. See, this is an if my people moment. It's not guaranteed. We could go into greater darkness and we could lose this thing because it's happened many times in the word of God. It happened when the children of Israel were taken into captivity. It happened in Babylon. It happened in Egypt. And it can very much happen here in the United States of America. The, the United States of America could very much go under captivity. But here's the good news. We're at a defining moment. We're at a crossroads. We're not there yet. We have not yet gone into captivity. And so the crossroads moment, the defining moment, what the internet people are not going to tell you, but a preacher that stands for the truth is going to tell you is, is that 
We can have a victory here, but we've got to do something. And so let's go back to verse 14. It says, if my people, that's us, the remnant, the church, the ecclesia, whatever you want to call it, the body, the followers of the way, the followers of Yeshua, if my people, which are called by my name, the Lord is calling you. What is he saying? Be ye holy, for I am holy. Consecrate. Separate from evil, from darkness. Walk into the light. This is the time in your life. God has been calling you for a long time. I'm speaking to somebody right now. God has been calling you for a long time. And you've been allowing leaven. You've been allowing areas of sin because you enjoy it. You enjoy it. But God is saying it's time to drop the areas of sin. He's coming back for a church without spot nor wrinkle. Not the church of Laodicea. He's coming back for the church of Philadelphia. Hallelujah. He's coming back for a church. Hallelujah. That is refined. That is on fire. So how do we get there? If my people, that's us, which are called by my name, you are called by the name of the Lord. Jesus is calling you right now. You're watching this. You're being called. Jesus is calling you. Humble. Here's the next part. Shall humble themselves. Humble themselves. Turn, turn, turn. Humble themselves. Not coming in pride. It's not about a name. It's not about a ministry. If somebody tells you they're going to lead you into revival, they're lying. They're not going to be the one that leads you in a revival. It's the Holy Spirit. This is about God. Let me give you an example. Billy Graham said something very powerful. Somebody said, well, you know, Billy Graham, are you going to change the world? Are you going to change the nation? He said, no. He said, I'm going to do what God has told me to do. And if you do what God tells you to do, it's going to create a perfect tapestry of the remnant, the church, the ecclesia, all doing what God has told you to do. And then God will get the glory, not Todd, not you, not any preacher, not any ministry. It will be God because a perfect tapestry of remnant people answering the call of God. Hallelujah. And that's how the nation is changed. That's powerful. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. Okay. It's not about us. It's about God. Come on. Pray, seek my face. Pray, seek my face. Are we praying? Are we interceding? Are we spending time in the secret place? Are we calling upon the name of the Lord? Are we, are we doing a Psalm 64 decree? Are we doing a Psalm 91 in the secret place? Hallelujah. Seek my face. My people hear my voice, the word of God says. My sheep hear my voice. We've got to hear the Lord. We can't hear all these other voices. That's why I say, don't listen to all these other voices. And I listen to some people, but be discerning. Ask the Lord, test the spirits. Is this guy that's laughing and saying, ha ha, it's all a show. Get your popcorn out. Is that guy really speaking the word of the Lord to you? No, he's giving you hopium. He's telling you what you want to hear. Are you here? We've got to be actionable saints. Faith without works is dead, right? If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Now, this is so important because there is still elements of the church here in America and around the Western world, around the world, that's in complacency and apathy. How do I know that? I'm watching preachers that are literally telling unvaccinated people they can't come to their service. Well, don't go to that church ever again. That's not a real preacher. That preacher doesn't hear the Lord. The Lord. I'm sorry. The Lord would never turn you away. He's the one that prayed for the lepers, he laid hands on the sick. We're, we're to be about the business of the Lord. It says, do not forsake the assembling together of the brethren, not the assembling together of the vaccinated brethren. 
Do not forsake the assembly together with the brethren. What does it say? Lay hands on the sick and they'll be healed. Not lay hands on some sick, but not the COVID sick. No, lay hands on the sick. If you see a preacher, it's telling you only vaccinated can come. Get out of that church. He's not a preacher. He's a false preacher. Let's just, let's just call a spade a spade. Now here, here it is. If we turn from our wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. It's a very simple verse. So the Lord, let, let's just recap here what's going on. God wants his church to come out, to separate, to be ye holy, for I'm holy, to consecrate, to repent, to turn from wickedness. If the church does this, if the real church, I'm talking about the real church, if the church does this, I believe the Lord is going to respond to the prayers of the righteous. So do we have hope? Yes. It's not yet done. The decision has not yet been made because we're in that defining moment. This is the moment in history. You can mark it on your, on your calendar, write it in your Bible. This is the moment in history. Which way will we go? Which way will America go? Will more preachers start speaking the truth? Will more preachers talk about the blood of Jesus, the cross of Calvary, repentance of sin? Or will we stay in apathy? Will it be a concert? Will it be smoke machines and fog machines and concerts? Oh, the worship wasn't good today. Really? Really? Did you engage? Did you enter in? Did you call upon the name of the Lord? This isn't, this isn't cheerleading. Rah, rah, rah. Ha, ha, ha. Rah, rah, rah. You know, make everybody scream and jump up and down and then tell them there's nothing to do. It's not where we're at. This is an actionable moment for the church. God is saying, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What, what, is your, what is your response? How are you going to, what are you going to do? And the answer is clear. It's Jesus. It's not a politician. It's not, listen, we've seen it. It's all failed. The systems, the institutions, they failed. They failed. You know, we look to one institution. Is that going to fail? The FBI, this failed, that failed, that failed. Okay, it all failed. What's the one institution left? It's the church. The church has been infiltrated, but there's a remnant. Hallelujah. There's a righteous remnant that's rising. There's a righteous remnant that's rising. And the Lord is saying, what are you going to do? Well, call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. Hallelujah. America shall be saved. But we've got to call upon the name of the Lord. So let's go back to the word. Okay, it says, I believe this is a spiritual battle for the soul of this nation. It is. And our future, it's imperative that the church understand God is waiting on us. He's patient. That's why America has not yet been destroyed. That's why the dollar has not yet been destroyed. That's why you can still go to the store and for the most part buy food and for the most part take, take care of your family. You're seeing there's pressure, there's increased pressure, there's concern, there's worries. You're hearing murmurs and worries, but for the most part things are still somewhat normal. We're still in a, a period of grace. I know it doesn't feel like that, but we are. But God is waiting on us. He's patient. And now is that moment of decision. We must be the head and not the tail. The church has got to go out and lead. We can't be sitting on the couch doing nothing. We've got to go out and lead and occupy because the Bible says occupy until he comes. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. How do you get the anointing? You spend time in the secret place. We must repent and turn from the idols of this world and unrighteousness. Is it a popular message? No. Not really. It's going to be popular to the remnant community, but it's not going to be popular to the greater church because they don't want to repent. They don't want to turn from the apathy. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not a false hope. How silly is that? How silly is that? If you know Jesus, Jesus is the greatest hope of all time. If you've had an encounter with the living God, you know Jesus is hope. How is it a false hope? It's not a false hope. That's so silly. It's not a false hope. There is a hope. Jesus is hope. Jesus is the answer. I've had an encounter, a personal relationship with Jesus, the King of Kings. That's why I'm on fire. And I will always have hope. Listen, throw me in a jail cell. Do it. I will still have hope. God is my protector. God is my redeemer. He goes before me. He is the author and the finisher of my story. He is the one that orders my steps. My faith is found in him. I'm, I'm planted on the solid rock, Jesus Christ. You can't shake me. You can't threaten me. I answer to Jesus. I answer to the king who sits on the throne. All power on heaven and earth. And I'm not mad, I'm not angry. Don't get it twisted. I'm speaking with authority because there's authority in the name of Jesus Christ. The demons tremble and they flee in the name of Jesus Christ. Think about this battle that we're in. Satan is an archangel, a fallen archangel. And the demons are his minions. But the king of kings, Jesus Christ, the Lord of lords, sits on the throne. He's the creator of all things, the Alpha and the Omega. It's not false hope, but God has a plan and a will. But this is an if my people moment. So let me finish this here. We can never go back to apathy. We can never go back to complacency. That's the word of the Lord. If we truly grasp and understand what 2 Chronicles 7.14 said, I just read it, and put it into action, we'll see a powerful move of God unlike anything we've ever seen. But if we fail to do so and continue as business as usual, I think it could go into deeper darkness. I really believe that. What are we going to do? I would love to just be Mr. Happy Happy. I would love to be Mr. Encouragement. <laughs> I would love to come on here and be like some of those people that come on. <laughs> popcorn, get the popcorn out. No, I wouldn't be a real preacher if I did that. Because a, a preacher needs to tell you the good and the bad and how to get there. How to get to the good. A real leader, a real leader is not going to sit there and tell you, sit back on your couch and eat popcorn, it's all a show, it's all a movie. No, that's not what a real leader is going to tell you. A real leader is going to tell you we have a serious situation, but here's the solution. And they're going to give you options and a solution and a strategy, and we're going to call upon the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody said, do I support the prophets? Well, I talked about that. I support the five-fold ministry gifting. One of them is the gift of prophecy. Of course I do. But there are some false prophets out there, but there are also some legit prophets that I know personally that have taken a very bold stance. But here's the thing. I'm going to say it again so people understand. If my people that are called by my name humble themselves, this was a, a, a prophetic word. It was, a, it was a moment of decision. We're in a moment of decision right now. So this was God's perfect intended will. Did it happen? No, because the people did the bad thing. They did the opposite. So the prophets have given a word to America, the real prophets. But the thing is, America and the church and the ecclesia has to respond. We have to do our part. There's strings attached. And I'm sorry no one else is talking about this. There's strings attached. Maybe somebody is. I haven't heard it yet. 
I know there's some legit people out there saying some really powerful things. I'm not mocking them, and I'm certainly not the only real person out here. I'm not even claiming that at all. I'm just saying the Lord put this on my heart very heavy today, and this is all him. It's not me at all. This has nothing to do with me. Maybe there are some, many, many people that are saying this. I don't know. But there's strings attached. And so the Lord is giving us a strategy here. The Lord is giving us a strategy. We have authority. Now, let me talk about the last thing here. The last thing here. I want to just read the rest of this, though. Will we be a Nineveh and repent? That's the question. Or will we be like the children of Israel going to captivity? That is the question. I believe we have a great chance. Something powerful will happen. We cannot grow weary in doing good. We cannot give up. We must spend time in the secret place. We must feed our soul, recharge, stand, be bold. We must hold the line, call upon the name of the Lord. We must pray this through. Jesus is the answer. Hallelujah. Now, real quick, I'm just going to read this, and this is going to be part of the teaching on Sunday. It's Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. This uh, teaches us we can only stand strong in the Lord's power. It's God's armor that protects us. Our battle is ultimately against the spiritual forces of evil in this world. That's the battle. That's what you're seeing play out. All the wickedness, all the things that you're feeling, the concerns, the, the things that you're feeling right now in your heart, they're, they're, they're legit. You're not crazy. I know some people don't see it. I know some people are oblivious. They're acting as if nothing is going on, but you see it. You get it. So we got to put on that armor. We got to understand spiritual warfare, and I'm going to teach about that on Sunday. We've got to understand the armor of God. We've got to understand the weapons of our warfare. We've got to understand where we are here. So here's the good news. The good news is, is that there's hope. There's always hope. Even if we go into the tribulation period, there's still hope. We're still going to have Jesus. We're still going to have the armor of God. Excuse me. We're still going to get through. But the deal is, and by the way, we're going to rule and reign for eternity with Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, if you've accepted Jesus in your heart as Lord and Savior. So ultimately, we're good. But with our current situation right now, what I believe that we can do is I believe we can repent. And I believe that if the greater body of Christ gets this and understands this is about us, he's a good father. He knew that we were not ready for persecution in America. He knew the Western world has been an apathy, complacency, and many preachers are not preaching the truth of the word. They're not talking about the blood of Jesus, the cross of Calvary, repentance of sin. They're not talking about the Great Commission. They're not talking about a lot of things because it became about a bunch of tickling ear stuff. So God is calling his church to repent, to come, to come into, into the presence of the living God, to walk in the authority of the Holy Spirit under the anointing, and then we can see a great victory. And I believe we will. But it's a defining moment. What are we going to do? So each of us can do our part. Each of us can do our part. Every day when you wake up, ask the Lord, and I know you got work and you got different things you got to do, but ask the Lord, Lord, what can I do to be about your business today? What can I do, Lord, to best be about your business today? How can I best be effective for the kingdom of God today? What can I do? And if each of us does that, there's going to be this beautiful tapestry that happens that only the Lord can do, and he'll receive the glory. But we've got to return back to Jesus, our first love. That's what this nation was founded on. No matter what they try to tell you. 
There's a lot of questions coming in. I'll try to answer a few of them. I have a, a lunch that I got to go to, and then I have an interview uh, with a news station that I have to do about Afghanistan. But I really felt this was very important to, to share this word. And there's going to be a part two to this. As I told you, somebody gave me a word last night that's very much in line with this. People are asking all these different questions. Silly question, but curious. Why do you rock back and forth? Well, because I feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And that's just something that I do. Um, they, Jewish people do it. It's called davening. When I'm praying, when I'm feeling the anointing of the presence of God. You don't have to do it. And, you know, it's just something I do. Uh, somebody said, do you believe in the pre-trib rapture? Well, we talked about this a little bit. Um, I, I, there's, you know, I went to Bible college at the King's College and Seminary under Pastor Jack Hayford. Um, that was many years ago, of course. Uh, when I went to the seminary, they said to me, uh, the teachers and the professors, which were very astute in the word of God, they were theologians, and they said there's different theologies when it comes to the rapture, when it comes to uh, you know, pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib. There's three different philosophies. I always say I would love the pre-trib people to be right. Uh, Tim LaHaye that wrote the Left Behind series, he was a pre-trib guy. Many people today have embraced pre-trib theology because of Left Behind and the movie and many pastors and preachers. But I will tell you that theology only goes back to about the early 1900s, maybe a little bit earlier, like the late 1800s. But before that, the church always believed that the church would go through the tribulation. This is a newer doctrine. Now, am I saying it's wrong? I don't know, because the Bible says no one knows the day or the hour. And there's a scripture that says the saints of God will be caught up. So that's where that comes from. But I'll tell you this. Um, I don't know. Uh, for me, in my study and research and from the professors and mentors in my life over the many years, uh, we have come to a conclusion that we think the saints will be here during the tribulation, at least part of it. And I believe we're in the birth pangs right now, but you know, I think we might have to go through some of the tribulation. Now, here's the good news. If we don't, just because of how you believe on the tribulation is not going to keep you from going to heaven. So if there's a pre-trib rapture, we'll be out of here. Hallelujah. I'm all about it. Thank you, Jesus. But the thing is, is, is that if we don't get raptured out, we need to be prepared. You know, because unfortunately, there's a, 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 a view, especially in the American church, that we're going to be out of here so we don't have to worry. You know, we're going to be out of here so we don't have to worry about the tribulation. Well, I would say that's not a good uh, teaching. I think we should be prepared and we should understand. And so we have to understand spiritual warfare. We have to understand putting on the full armor of God. And that way we are prepared and we are able to walk in victory because the word of the Lord is complete victory, but we got to think, what is the definition of complete victory? Well, I believe, you know, we're thinking maybe it's like finances or, you know, everything's going to be okay. That might not be what the Lord is saying. He might be saying for the remnant and the ecclesia, the body of Christ, complete victory means you know how to fill yourself up every day and be in the presence of God and walk in authority and walk under the anointing and change the atmosphere. And therefore you are walking in victory, but it may not be the victory like we're expecting it to be. Only God knows, guys. Only God knows how this is going to turn out. Anybody that's telling you they know how it's going to turn out, the Lord may give revelation to certain prophets. The Lord may give certain words and, and, and things of encouragement, but no one actually knows. And if they're telling you right now on some internet blog or some channel that you're listening to that all these things are going to happen, I will tell you, not even President Trump knows. Okay? No one knows how this is all going to play out but the Lord. And I believe it's a defining moment and it's a crossroads in this, in this hour right now. We're at a crossroads. This is a defining moment. 
share this video if, you, if this bears witness in your spirit. But I believe we're at a defining moment in history where we need to make a decision. Are we going to repent? Are we going to turn? Or are we going to just continue? That's the question, right? All right, I'll answer one or two more questions that I got to run. I love you guys. Thank you for tuning in to this, by the way. Uh, somebody said, uh, it's, if, if, if it's not pre-trib, then it's not a trib at all because going up and coming back down doesn't make sense. Well, I understand what you're saying. Um, and again, we all want it to be pre-trib. Uh, but, you know, only the Lord knows the hour at which he's returning. If you recall in Revelation, who is worthy to, to open the scroll, right? Who is, who is worthy to break the seal? Only, only one knows, the Father. The Father knows. And so we, we can't just, you know, pretend and believe it's all going to be okay and we're just going to get pre-tribbed out of here. And <laughs> we may not. I would love that to be the case. But God knows the sequence of events and the word of God lays it out, but it's, it's part of the mystery of the word of God in certain aspects because people interpret it different ways. And even the best of theologians over time still have not been able to completely break it because there is a mystery in the revelation. There's a mystery in, in, in Daniel's prophecy. There's a mystery in some of these things. So, you know, only, only one being knows when Jesus is going to come back. So you can't put all your, all your, all your you know, eggs in that basket. We have to be prepared. Hopefully we get raptured out. Hopefully we do. But we just, you know, I, I, I know we want to like make it, you know, how we want it to be, but that's not the way it works. You know, uh, somebody said he promised the church of Philadelphia. Yes, yes, that he would save them. Well, that's true. I mean, uh, he said the hours are going to be cut short. You know, I believe again, there's going to be protection on the saints. But again, this is, this is an area and I'm not going to get into it in depth. If you go to seminary and you speak to the pastors all around the world, it's one of the most highly debated subject matters of when the Lord is going to come back. So I'm not, we're not going to answer that today. We're not going to figure it out today. I know, I know we want to. Uh, and again, I respect you and I appreciate you. And it's nothing about my feelings or your feelings. This is about one of the, one of the big areas of debate within the body of Christ for, for many, many, many years. So love you. Uh, would you give a couple of pre-trib teachers on second? Would you love, would love to give a couple of pre-trib teachers on second? Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, again, it's a, it's, a, it's a subject matter. There's certain subject matters, like women preachers, like pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib. Certain, certain areas in the body of Christ that even with the best teachers and the best theologians and the best pastors that are well-read, still cannot find agreement fully on. So it's, it's, when I was in seminary, they said, you're going to have to pray on this and you're going to have to come to a decision on where you stand. So we're not going to, we're not going to, uh, you know, finish the debate today. It's, it's just not something that's going to happen. But you, you have every right to believe pre-trib and I will not condemn you. I'll not judge you. Like I said, I hope you're right. I would love for you to be right and make all of our lives a lot easier. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, we believe we will go through the trip. Yeah, so there's, you know, there's, there's always going to be different people saying different things, and thank you guys so much. And I love you, and I, I don't want to get into any types of arguments. It's not even about that at all. Not even about that at all, right? But it's a, it's a, hot, it's a hot issue. It's a hot, hot button debate issue, as there are several, several right now in the body of Christ. Um, that's one of them. That's one of the hottest button issues, you know? And it's great to have talk about it. It's great to discuss and to study, because if you go deeper and you're studying the Word of God, 
you know, it's only going to be better, right? The, the word of God does not return back void. So hallelujah. Thank you guys. Well, let's pray and, and just call upon the name of the Lord again. Lord, we just thank you right now for every person that's tuned into this live stream today. And we're not going to figure everything out, but we're calling upon your name and we're asking that you would intervene in our nation. We're asking that the church would rise up and be the ecclesia, be the body, that we'd be a church without spot nor wrinkle. We'd be refined. This is a season of shaking. You're separating the wheat from the chaff. It's uncomfortable. But Lord God, we know you're a good father and that you have a perfect will. And we pray that we be in your perfect will, that we would be a Nineveh and not a Sodom and Gomorrah, that we would turn from our unrighteousness, that we would talk about the blood of Jesus, the cross of Calvary, repentance, and hallelujah, Lord, that you'd restore this land. And so we stand on your promise today, 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people, which are called by my name, we pray that we would turn from our wickedness, that we return to you, Lord God, that we'd be the church and that there'd be a great harvest and that each and every person listening would put on the full armor of God. They'd have their feet shod in the preparation of peace. They'd have the sword of the spirit and the breastplate of righteousness, walking in holiness, purity, and righteousness. They'd have the helmet of salvation, accepting you as their Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, they'd use the sword of the Spirit to speak truth because the Word of God is truth and it's an, our only offensive weapon other than prayer and fasting and intercession and contending. So we lay this before you in the name of Jesus. Today I encourage you, just put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, Yeshua, the Lord of Lords. He is our provider. He is our strength. He's our very present help in time of need. He will get us through. Not only will we survive, but we will thrive. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. Don't lose hope. Don't lose focus. Stand on the promise of God, which is yes and amen, hope in the future. He made you fearfully and wonderfully for a time as this. If you believe that the word of the Lord has been spoke this morning, I pray that you would share this message. And I thank each and every person for tuning in. And we'll be back again soon. God bless you.